Welcome to It's Pronounced Podcast with Alicia and Sange. We are your weekly-ish dose of what's happening in the world, in our lives, and frankly, whatever else pops up in our heads. We are best friends in real life, and now you are our friends too. So here's how this works. Every week, we come together and review what's happening in the week. We deep dive into a specific topic, and then we close out by talking about things that each of us are unpacking. Every third episode, we introduce a third to the podcast through an interview. And along the way, our goal is just to have as much fun and great conversations as possible. We're so excited that you're here, that you're listening, and we can't wait to see what comes out in this episode. Let's get going. What's good, friends? You've made it to another episode. Super pumped. How are you, Sange? I'm chilling. Uh, chilling in my new house. Yeah, you are, dude. How does it feel? Um, surreal, honestly, mm. and like riddled with a lot of responsibility. Let me say that part. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like we were so excited to buy this house, and then we bought the house, and then I think in the back of my head I knew that buying a house comes with all this responsibility. But then when the responsibility started, I was like, I don't want it. Like, take it back. I and don't not want even it that, anymore. Like, not even that. Like, you're offended that the responsibility is there. You're like, wait, like, what? How dare you? You told me this was my home to do what I wanted with it. But you didn't tell me that that also meant I had to make sure that things were in working order and, like, put my stuff away and, like, unpack. But And, like, you clean. Know. And, yeah, that's <laughs> not okay. <laughs> Yeah, but like all in all, though, still in like really good spirits, super grateful for the people who are in our lives, namely you and like my sister and who show up when we call on them to help us um, move from a small space to a bigger space and lug stuff up many levels, many stairs. Definitely got to work out in, but um, we couldn't have done this move without the people in our community, in our corners. So I'm, I was feeling super loved after this week. And I was like, dang, like people really just showed up because they care about us. Like we didn't offer anything aside from being in our in our company and I just it was cool. And it's a, pan- nice and a Panera alive. sandwich, let's just say. You offered but You Panera. didn't know you were getting a Panera sandwich until after the fact. But so. you know what? I'm not going to lie. I was like I better be compensated in some way <laughs> shape or form for this move, either if it's like food, if it's money, if it's like a little massage, like Okay. Like- okay. <laughs> No, no, but truthfully, I do think that that's so true. I feel like you know who your people are, especially when you are moving, because people offer out of the actual kindness of their hearts, and they will come and like sweat and move shit for you. And yeah, that's definitely a true test of friendship. Yeah, for real. I can't emphasize enough, like from physically moving things, but also just like your time and like emotional presence that was there, and like. Um, packing, unpacking, organizing, cleaning, like my sister assembled my bed for me, which is like, that was something that maybe doesn't seem like a lot. But for me, that was big because that meant I did not need to do that. I could just lay down in my bed when it when I came back from making another run so that was really just okay, acts of service look at you <laughs> it's nice to feel taken care of it really is oh, but yeah what that. about you, you want to I mean I, I feel like I kind of like hinted at it because I said that you helped me move yeah. um, but you want to fill the people in on what's going on in your life yeah um let's see way to put me on the spot because uh I recently moved to San Francisco California San Francisco proper let me save the people's eardrums and not scream because 
Insert silent scream here. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because I posted that video of me, quote, unquote, helping you move in various different ways, right? <laughs> but a lot of people messaged me and they were like, wait, are you in San Francisco? And I'm like, oh, yeah. They're like, how, for how long? I'm like, the foreseeable future because I just moved. Um, and yeah, I just. <laughs> but imagine you just flew out here just to help me move. Like, wow. Then what? I would know that our friendship had reached a new height would be, oh, yeah, I just you know, flew from Arizona to San Francisco to help you move into your new place. Which I feel like wouldn't be much of a stretch, to be honest. Like, I don't think so. But yeah, yeah San Francisco has been, I'm going to say you were absolutely right. It is the perfect time to move here because it has a taste of San Francisco, the fog in terms of it being chilly at certain times, but then it has a spritz, whatever you want to say, of Phoenix because it's been, it's been warm. Um, it's been warm and yeah. we have global warming to thank for that. Exactly. And forest fires. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're very, very grateful for those. Not really, but in the, the sense of me feeling comfortable living in San Francisco for sure. So it was nice because earlier this morning I went on a walk, which I usually do regardless. And I was able to wear like a tank top, some shorts, like things that I would wear back home versus my idea of what San Francisco would look like with me being in like a bomber jacket all the time or like thermals. I don't know. I was really terrified, <laughs> terrified. In a, in a few weeks, you will need those things, and we'll shop for them together. How about that? Okay, perfect. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I probably should, like, restock my wardrobe as well. Like, as I look into my closet, I'm like, Ugh. Ooh, do you know what I'm starting to realize, though, is that um, this year of 2020, I have lived in three different states. Yo, taxes are going to be not fun for you, huh? Oh, 100% not. But I'm also thinking about my wardrobe. So I do have like a grip load of things that I was wearing in New, New York, York because it was York. actually a necessity. And here I could I could wear similar things. So there you go. You actually don't need to go shopping. But I I'll go with you. use you as an excuse. <laughs> oh my gosh. She just moved here. Like we need to go shopping. We got not go explain why. <laughs> exactly. We got to go like get her fitted for a whole new look. It's it's necessary. It's essential. Yeah. We what must. else has been going on this week? I know. I mean, it was super busy. I mean, for both of us, but. Yeah. My, my life has been pretty low key with the exception of the move. Which is but a big feeling, thing. But yeah, but like feeling pretty empowered because I feel like I've taken on a few things um, as far as like installation and stuff like that goes that I typically wouldn't. And you know, I like to work with my hands. Like yes. I do like working with my hands. Um, I think in another life I could have been like, a carpenter or like I was just thinking that I was like you would be a badass carpenter I could I see really you with like I a, would. a tool I mean, belt so you I'm already- gonna be a realtor I'm gonna be a carpenter I'm an educator exactly. I'm gonna like what can't I do but truly. at the same time like you already have the fanny pack so you might as well wear a tool belt let me tell you how when I was doing so I was just installing like a new lock it's like one of those you know electronic locks and all of that on the okay. door but when I was installing <laughs> I really felt like I was like on the job with air quotes because like I had my fanny pack around me, not on my waist because sometimes I can get a little cumbersome because it moves around. So I actually mm-hmm. wore it diagonally, quick access <gasps> to the things. Okay. And then I stopped midway because my my little like lunch break arrived. <laughs> your lunch break. So you pulled out your freaking sandwich and thermos from and I sat on the steps and I was eating my lunch surrounded by all of my tools. And I was like, 
this is the life. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, so that reminds me when I was younger. Um, you know, especially when we were younger, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of gendered roles when it came to toys. Yeah. And my favorite favorite toy was this like auto mechanic set. Like I would pretend like I was fixing cars. And so, but the reason I got it was I was at a friend's birthday party and I won like a little birthday game, whatever it was. It was like pin the tail on the donkey, something like that, right? And they had choices between quote unquote girl toys and boy toys Mm. for the winners. And tell me my my ass at a very early age was like, I don't see gender. Like I'm just going to like go. And I went and grabbed this um, auto mechanic set and they were like, no, 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 that's a boy toy. And I was like, um, but I want it. Like, I don't understand. Like, I guess I'm going to take this out. So I can definitely relate to the feeling of like wanting to be handy and like feeling cool doing that. Cause I felt cute with my little like car and, my- <laughs> and trying to like prop it up to work on the engine and shit. So yeah, no. Cause I feel like that is like a, I think it's a skill we should just all have like truth be told. I have never felt more out of place as to when I go to get my car worked on. And that like when I first got my car, that was what encouraged me to learn more about like, how do I know when I need an oil change versus Mm. when I don't? And like, is this something I could learn to do myself? Which apparently, yes, they're very easy to do. Most most things you can, yeah, you can say yes. You can do it by yourself. Exactly. And so for me, like I just, that's something that I want to push myself in that area a little bit more and just like learn to do more things rather than defaulting to paying someone to do it or being in line to get an appointment to have something serviced and then being like, I don't actually know what they're talking about. They could literally be telling me anything, you know, they could be upcharging me. So I've been Mm -hmm. really grateful in that one YouTube exists so I can like go on and Google how to change whatever I need to learn how to change or like how to install whatever it is that I'm trying to install. But also we've had some folks at our house working on um, some appliances that we have and just like making sure they're up and running. And they've been really kind and actually just letting me work over their shoulders. And like I saw that. And yeah. I thought that that's so like what a cool culture to be a part of that as you're working on something, you can teach someone else. And they were just both. So we had two people come in and they were both so open to teaching me things. So I was like, I don't know, like, why is this happening? How would I fix it in the future? And they're like, oh, it's actually really easy. You just look under here and you take this pipe out and you put it back in. And I'm like, can I come to work with you tomorrow? Like, okay, serious, serious question here though. Something that I've realized moving here, like people are just like hella nice like that. Mm-hmm. Like they will be like, oh, let me like stop and take time out of my day to share how to do this process or something I experienced on my walk today. Like they were like, oh, do you have any questions? Do you need me to open this? Well, I was like, yo, sh- like stop. Like I'm just trying to like <laughs> walk around, which is just such a contrast from coming from New York where it's just very much not like that. So I, when you say, you know, the repair people made those comments and like wanted to walk you through it, it is not surprising to me at all. Yeah. That's like, and, and that also surprised me when I first moved out here, I was like in a bar one night waiting for Isaac before we went to see some play and some guy like sat next to me and we started talking, but he wasn't like hitting on me. Mm. And I'm so used to when you're in a bar by yourself and a man sits next to you, that's why they're talking to you. And he was just like making friendly banter. And I was like, what the heck? And he, you know, kind of pointed out to me, this is San Francisco. Like this is, this is what people do. And we ended up connecting on LinkedIn. Now I don't talk to him to this day, but but I know, like, I just thought like, wow, what an interesting like moment to have that you know, we have nothing in common. You have no reason to talk to me aside from we're both waiting for our people to get to this bar. And now we're connected on LinkedIn. 
And I was just about to say, and then you know the quality of the relationship or whatever it is because you connected on LinkedIn of all things. Yes. That is like my lowest tier. You can find me on LinkedIn and it's good professionally because, you know, let's expand both of our networks. But also like you're not going to know all this stuff about me if I don't want you to know all these things about me. Exactly. Like I'm so select. First of all, I barely post on LinkedIn, but when I do, I'm like extremely selective about what I post there. So it definitely is like you get the furthest bar of like what a relationship with me looks like if you connect with me on LinkedIn. That's so, oh my gosh. LinkedIn is a whole thing for me. Like I think we just need to do an episode on LinkedIn because I have so many thoughts, concerns. Oh, you have it. Go. I, an episode on professionalism. And what it is and what it isn't. Yes. Write it down. Write it down. Oh, you you oh, got I, the I, I, I was going to say, I have the notes. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I physically have a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> you better write that down. And you know my brain is going to forget immediately. Like we're going to change subjects and I'm going to be like, what was it that we were talking about again? I forgot. Um, anything else that's upcoming for you? Anything you're looking forward to? Um, yes. So, I mean, just like this week in review as well as something I'm looking forward to is is the World Series. Like, as you know, baseball is just such, like, is my number one love in life. Like, I love, love, love baseball. So having an opportunity to watch the World Series um, with all of my thoughts about, like, the safety of people, like, in terms of their health in the back of my head, it's really fun to watch really great baseball. Um, and it's fun to talk with my friends who also love baseball. And it's just like nice to have something that feels like the past. Um, but I will share that I did like, I feel there was one post that I made on Instagram about me rooting for the Tampa Bay Rays. So it's like the Rays and the Dodgers in the world series. And that was my most controversial post. People were rooting for the Dodgers and I'm not, and they just, I've actually lost a couple of friends over it. People like unfollowed me because I was rooting for the opposite team. And I'm like, that's literally the root of sports. And of all the things to unfollow you for that. Exactly. And did it. It's political climate, right? So I guess I'm like, I'm aligned with my friends and my other followers on that. And everywhere else that it like really matters, but not when it comes to sports, which you're right. Like, isn't that the whole purpose of sports is that. Like You're rooting against each other? Because like I, I'm thinking of okay, so in college, right, the Badgers and the and the Gophers have this huge rivalry. And like I would never go to a Badger Gopher game just to be surrounded by other Badgers and be like, yeah, our team is doing well. Like, no, we go there to gloat and like rub it in the face of the Gophers whenever they lose. Exactly. They and always I, lose. And I know you, you are married to a gopher and you mm-hmm. bring it up. Consistently. Exactly. (laughs) You're like a classic gopher behavior. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't even care about sports, but I'm like, well, you it's a good thing because the gopher sucks. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing you don't care because then you would be upset, which is like the sad part about it. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah, dude. It's it's so it's been very interesting seeing all of that um come to fruition. But I'm like, man, you are maybe it's just the times. I know. But maybe it's just the times. Like you're just really invested in this team. Yeah. Well, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll uh, come on back after that break and jump into our introducing a third. All right. Welcome back, friends. I'm super excited to have our second installment of introducing a third. And we're here with Titi. Hey, what's going on? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. 
Welcome. We're excited that you're here as well. And uh, we wanted you to start off by introducing yourself to the pod. Namely, tell us your name. How do you pronounce it? And then do you have any common mispronunciations of your name? Okay. So usually people would be able to pronounce my last name, like my former last name, because phonetically you can just, you can sound it out. Right. So they're always like, Oh, Miss Vatsana. And I'm like, Oh yes, my name is Titi. You must be referring to me. And now that I married and I changed my last name, which is Jairus, but it looks like Joris. So now everybody's just like, okay. Um, and they're just standing there like this. And I'm like, that must be me. <laughs> it's TT and it's Jairus like Paris but with a J and I, it's just oh. this introduction I got that from Kyle so I mean he grew up with it so he must have a way to get people to know how to pronounce his name correctly no, I love Jairus like Paris that's beautiful yeah. it sounds so romantic like yeah. I I like that a lot actually I'm gonna start introducing you to people like that like oh her name's TT Jairus Jairus like Paris but with a J yeah. And so TT, what are your common, like, not aliases, because you don't go by them, right? But like, <laughs> what are the things that if you just rapid fire, what are the, the names that you get the most often? So I get Tai Tai or TD or the good one, Titi. And I'm just like, oh. you guys, if the first half, if you, okay, if you see my name and you think the first half is T, wouldn't you think the second half be the same because it's literally copy and paste like I don't why would you add extra letters like a y or like another t to like make it not what it I just I don't understand <laughs> that's such a good point just like a base phonics is like if you're saying one sound it's gonna be repetitive yeah I feel like that's a common problem that I've noticed with people in the states in general is like we put such an emphasis on like speaking English right we're like you're in America, speak English, but then like they don't know basic phonics when it comes to pronouncing names. As we're all nodding, right? Because we've like all been educators and know that we've all come across that issue. Uh, but actually y'all, I don't know if y'all met that way because your educators actually don't know the story. Yeah, so Titi and I have known each other since middle school. Like uh -huh. oh. I think it was sixth grade that we met. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. yeah, and in my memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, TT, I think that it was because I think we had either the same homeroom teacher or like we were in the same house, like Liker and Ertel. And then alphabetically, I think our lockers were near each other. And then we also were both in orchestra and played violin. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we were in the same like homeroom or like house. It's so <laughs> weird because I'm watching um, Harry Potter now and I'm like, houses <laughs> I anyway. love how I love TT how you were like no no like, that's not it no I, I think you're wrong <laughs> let me fact check you real fast because yes. pull out kidding. the yearbook no because like truly in my head okay in my head it was like me you and Morgan had like liker or tell mm -hmm. which was like that that sixth grade house but that wasn't I, me in that you weren't in that one who's your no who's your, who's your teacher Pavel oh do you remember Pavel no. <laughs> okay, so you got that right. Our lockers were near each other. And then you guys sat behind me, I think, in a Marcus. Yeah, because she was better than the rest of us at playing oh, the violin for okay. the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> so 
not only is she like fact checking, she's like, oh yeah, she was, uh, you know, behind me. <laughs> I didn't mean it in that way. I was just saying, like, <laughs> it's, it's the geographically. fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, and then what I remember is in high school, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because y- y'all know my memory is a little shaky. I don't remember everything well all the time, but here's what it's telling me today. In high school, you wanted to go into dentistry, like you wanted to be a dentist or something like that after we graduated. Did that happen? What happened? Okay, so, oh my God, I feel like, like this, my entire like career trajectory has just been so crazy, like how I have ended up where I have been. But so in high school, in my head, I was like, I'm going to go to, um, I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to go to dental school and then specialize in pediatrics because I love kids. Like, that's just who I am. Makes sense. And yeah. then I went to school or I went to undergrad and like, I think it was like junior year. I was like, wait a second, me be a dentist. Like I went and did internships and everything. And, and like, I like in my head, I was like, yes, this is going to happen. And then towards the end of my junior year, I was like, no, this is not me. This is what my parents want. Like, this is not what Titi wants. Cause like, I was looking back at like the things that I got involved in and like my leadership roles at undergrad. And it was all related to like education or to helping kids. And I'm like, where does dentistry or like the medical field come into this? Because clearly there's, I'm like verging on two different paths. And like, when I realized that that's what my parents had instilled in me, like since I was very young, I just thought when that time came that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, so then that's when I, I, I think that's when we talked again, Senge, mm-hmm. um, when you were like, Hey, let me tell you about TFA. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds so cool. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing because I had my own issues like growing up um, in the US education system. And so it was just calling to me. And then that happened and I did TFA for a hot minute. (laughs) It was a hot minute. Um, It's funny because I remember that call because like I had applied to TFA my junior year and then when I got accepted, I flew out to Arizona once I knew like that's where I was going to be placed. So I was driving around Arizona like exploring when you called me to ask about Teach for America. So I was like super hyped because I was like, yeah, I'm here with my new TFA friend and we're like looking for places to live and exploring and it's amazing and it's so easy and you're going to be great. Let me know when you want to apply and and yeah. I, you drank the Kool-Aid for a little bit. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. It was an interesting experience, even though it was for a very short while. But I don't know. I just feel like it kind of opened my eyes to everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, understand and appreciate educators and, and all of that so much more. And then after that, I continued down the path of education. So when I left TFA, I became assistant director of um, like a child care center in Baton Rouge. So I was placed in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up being there for two years. And then I decided, hey, this is my chance to get my master's in early childhood education because that's where my heart is calling me to. Mm. So then we ended up moving back to Illinois um, because Kyle had graduated from his master's and he had to work and I could do my schooling remotely and so then I ended up going back into 
teaching um, preschool at Head Start um, in the Champaign, like Urbana area. Um, but yeah, so then when I graduated that, and then we moved here, um, we moved here because I got a job as a principal for like a preschool um, in like the Wheaton area. Mm -hmm. And Kyle and I were like, hey, let's try and like have a baby. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> take us like a couple of months, maybe a year, and then I'll work until the day that I deliver. And then I got pregnant and I was like, nope. And I <laughs> right off that train. <laughs> so then after being a principal, so now actually now you're a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. How did you get there? How did you make the leap from like your focus on early childhood education to now this wellness space? That's a good question because I don't even know myself. <laughs> You're still I, figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, I am. I feel like, so I've been practicing like yoga on and off, like on the mat, like what people see yoga as, which is a workout in which it really isn't. Um, but that's how I was practicing like since, I don't know, I want to say like the beginning of high school. And mm -hmm. then um, two years ago, I, when I was in the Champaign-Urbana area, there was a yoga studio that I was invested in and they were doing a yoga teacher training and we had the money at the time. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do this and learn more about myself and my body. Like I have no intention of teaching. Like, that's just not me. Like, I just, I don't know. That's not my lifestyle. I just like want to do this just for myself. And so I did that. And then I somehow find my, found my way, like offering free classes to teachers at Head Start because I, you need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of these kids. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of just paved the way to what it is now. And then when I got pregnant, it kind of just like pushed me further into that direction of the wellness industry. And then being a person of color, a woman of color, it's just, I don't know, that's for myself, I feel like it's just a bigger push. Like I need to put myself out there so that other people of color can be like, hey, this isn't just like a luxury that you that's, that it's targeted towards a specific group of people. Like she's doing it, she's teaching. I can be a part of that. I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to own specific brands or whatever to match whatever it is that we see that Western world shows yoga as. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, I don't know, I'm continuing that route by just letting letting the universe or whatever you want to call it guide me because I, I don't know, I feel like I'm at this point in my life where I, so I'm a very like type A person and Jet, who is my son, has taught me a lot about how like I need to stop controlling things <laughs> and like stop planning so much and just let life happen because it's life like it's a whole journey and you should just appreciate everything that comes your way whether it be good or bad because there's lessons along the way and that's beautiful I think well number one it terrifies me because also being pretty type a I like I like to know what's happening next what time it's happening who's going to be there like where we're going after that like I need that sort of breakdown um but I think one thing that stands out to me is the fact that like everything works out anyway, even if it doesn't go the way that you thought it was going to go, things still work out in the end. So that's something that like, I've tried to remind myself, like, it's going to be okay in the end. It doesn't matter how you get there in the end, everything's going to work out the way that it was intended to. So that's what I hear you sharing a lot of there. Go ahead. Yeah. That's like, that's hard for me because like, I often say that to myself, I say like, it's all going to work out, but then also acknowledging that I'm stressed in the moment and like I'm super anxious and like 
everything is going wrong, but I'm like, I know it's going to work out. I just like, I'm also acknowledging that I feel like shit right now. Um, yeah. so it's like an interesting, like duality that I play with myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You talked briefly about how you started doing yoga as like a, like fitness trend. And then now it sounds like you've moved away from doing yoga in that form. Can you talk a little bit more about like the Westernization of yoga as a practice? Cause I've seen it marketed as like ways to get like ripped abs and like toned arms and a strong core, all of that stuff. And, um, I guess like wondering, do you view yoga wholly as a, a healing process? Is it a physical workout? Can it be both? That's a good question. I feel like we all ventured down that path if we if we decide to take a yoga class at some point in our lives because that's what it's advertised as as a workout. But if we look at so like I'm still learning all of this as well and there's a lot of unlearning that I'm trying to do too. But when we think about yoga, like it's it's a big branch of like yoga is so much more than just the poses. There's eight limbs of yoga and it all leads you to liberation, I guess you could say, or like a connection to that higher being, whatever that higher being is. Like it could be God, it could be the universe, it could be whatever your deity may be. Um, so yoga, the poses were intended to create a strong body so that you can sit in meditation for hours on end and not like get like not be fatigued or like be tired and then end up like slumping over it because like I mean if I asked you to sit right now like cross-legged and then just like relax your shoulders and to just sit here for the next three hours like after a while you're gonna be like okay what is like why why is this happening like my body is screaming I mean my my old lady hips would say no after about five minutes (laughs) like we're gonna lock up you're gonna hear lots of popping and, and cricking happening Exactly. So like, that's why, that's, that's why the poses came to be poses came to be so that we can strengthen our bodies in order to get in the the position to meditate, to reach liberation. And then when the Western culture kind of took over, they kind of just focused solely on like, oh, this is like, it's a workout. We're going to lose weight. Use this to tone your arms. Like, yes, it, it is a part of that. Like it does focus a lot on your body, but I feel like the reason why people continually come back to yoga is because everything that's happening in your head, mm-hmm. because when you're going through the poses, I don't know if you, depending on your instructor and how they like cue you, sometimes you find yourself really being in the present moment and those poses help you stay there rather than being like, okay, well, I need to do the dishes after this. And like, after this, after this um, podcast, I'm going to like eat dinner or whatever the deal is. It's like, no, let's be right here right now, focusing on our breath, focusing on our body, just with everything all together. It's, it's, I get it. Like, it makes sense that you kind of pull away from that and you take what you want, but that's not honoring like what its true purpose and intention is for. And I'd like to say that I, I'd like to honor like everybody's individual journey because each person comes to yoga in their own way. And if that means that you approach it in a fitness perspective at first, like that's fine, but let's hope that it gears you towards like that mental part of it where you become for mindful and you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to pull away from like this active pose section and go more into like just laying here and resting and like 
focusing on meditating and just like being with myself. And mm -hmm. it reminds me because I just taught a class. Um, it's a new one. It's called Sip and Restore. And so like we do a little bit of movement. We do a little bit of um, restorative. And then we sit and we drink tea. And it's like a whole like tea ceremony. I'm doing air quotes because it's not technically a tea ceremony, but I, we advertise it as so. And as I was like teaching everyone to like, look at your teacup and like smell the tea leaves and then slowly pour the water. And they're like, girl, why are you being so extra? Like, why, why are we doing all this? And when it comes to stuff like that, like, I feel like you have to be extra. Like you really have to put emphasis on just like doing like so much more just to get yourself into that mental state to be like, this is what I'm doing right now. And this is what matters right now, because we're so used to just be on autopilot and just being like, okay, I got to do this next. I got to do this next. Oh, I got to check this off my list. Oh, I'm, I'm going to pour myself a cup of coffee, but like really take that moment to just like actually pour yourself a cup of coffee, you know, or like pour yourself. <laughs> tea but it's funny to just like watch people that don't really practice yoga in that sense where you kind of slow down and then just have them look at me and be like why are we doing this I'm like because you're asking me you need to do it more <laughs> <laughs> I love that I think Alicia and I can both speak to having some difficulties sometimes with like slowing down and just being still and just like even sitting and like watching a show mindlessly on television can be difficult from time to time. So I think it's, it's not helpful to have, Oh, not for me. Like I'll Thank binge you. with the rest, with the best of them. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I definitely can do that, but, but definitely um, when it comes to just like sitting um, particularly, I know you listen to our dopamine um, fast episodes, so oh, yeah. you know, for me, like that was a really hard week to just like, I didn't have my usual distractions. So I was left to like sit by myself. And I hated it. It was the worst experience um, the first couple of days. And then it got better and we're getting there. So I definitely can understand how that might be difficult for some folks to get there. And a bunch of the things I'm hearing you talk about is like centered around mindfulness, um, specifically things like intuitive eating, right? Or just like being mindful, being present in the moment. And uh, I know that I was loosely introduced to you by your BIPOC healing space that you hold. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, why you chose to start it. Um, and uh, I know you talked about it before about like being a woman of color and like, this is super important and top of mind for you. So just curious if that also had some, I don't know what, what's the word? It had some push, pull, push, yeah. influence. Thank you. Influence into that. Yeah, that's you guys. These are such good questions. Like, I was no, we be trying over that, but we be trying. This is the sixth episode, TT. So, I mean, we've been around the block. <laughs> right. Sorry, you guys. It's pretty legit. <laughs> but yeah, I just um, this year, obviously, as we have seen, has uh, has been very interesting in many ways, and it has brought. Um, racism to the forefront of like our lives. And it's interesting to see how like now people are suddenly like, oh my gosh, we're so divided. Like we're like, everyone is so racist. And it's like, no B, we've always been this way. <laughs> like that's always been like this. It's just now we have um, a specific someone who 
kind of like represents us as a nation and he brings out like the ugly in people and like that's why they think it's okay and so I just when all of that happened and I I don't know I was just like down in the dumps and I was practicing yoga like on my own and on Instagram I was like looking at all these people and I'm like okay who like I wanted to be more mindful of the people that I supported, um, the people that I learned from, because I teach what I like, what I'm drawn to. And like, I want people to take a good message away from it because I feel like yoga within itself, like there's just so much to it. And if I'm not educated on my behalf and I continue to go down that route of like, oh, this is just fitness space. And this is just for white women white skinny women then like why am I like why am I doing this because I'm not a white skinny woman I mean I'm a skinny woman but I'm not like a white skinny woman that doesn't necessarily mean that like I can't teach you if you're not like me so when that happened I like was, was scouring literally all of Instagram looking for like yoga teachers of color and it is hard you guys like there's not a lot of people out there, let alone like Southeast Asian teachers of color. Mm. And first of all, like, of course, the yoga industry is very dominated by women. And so to find even male, male teachers of color, like, holy, no, like, it's just, I don't know, it was crazy. So I don't know, like what pushed me to do it, it just felt right. And I was like, you know what, I need to offer myself in a certain way because these spaces aren't being held out here in this world, in, in the yeah. US. Because if you go to any yoga studio, you see a lot of the same sea of white faces, right? Even myself, like I go to practice in studios and I'm usually the only person of color there. <laughs> if not, I'm like the second person of color there, but it's very easy because I stick out like a sore thumb and I'm like, why is this the case? And it's usually always run by people that aren't of color either. So it's like, what is, what is going on with all of this? And so then I came across um, someone named Octavia Rahim and I love her. Um, so like I originally had signed up a membership with her and then I had to end because of everything that was going on in my life, but she holds like a healing space for women of color virtually. And then she connected me to other teachers of color that also hold like virtual healing spaces for people of color. And I'm like, oh shoot. So they're like, people are doing they're this. Out there. Yeah. yeah. But you don't hear about it, which is so like disheartening and saddening because it's like when I want to look and I want to be like, I want to go out there and be like, Hey, where is someone like me? Like, why aren't they practicing? Like, I know I'm not the only Southeast Asian woman practicing yoga. Like, come on, this can't be real, but it feels that way. So when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity on myself to share what it is that I love and like what I, I think would help others in healing because that's what I see yoga as. Um, and so that's what I did. Like I, I kind of ran with it and I was so surprised to see how many people that like in like the first class that actually signed up and was there. And I was like, what? I honestly only expecting like one person, if at all. And that was maybe my brother, but he wasn't even there. <laughs> Your family didn't even show up. <laughs> exactly. But, but let's talk about, so we were there. Uh, we were in your first session. <laughs> 
Alisa, you want to tell us about your experience in TT's first session? Okay, TT, I have. (laughs) I want this to be a personal apology for that first session. Okay, because first, okay, anyway. So the healing space, you set it up as like, it's, and I entered into it where Sangay was telling me like, yo, my friend's like a yoga teacher um, and she's holding this space for like BIPOC people. And I was like, dope. Like I fit into that category. I'll go. I enjoy yoga. And then I got your email and it was like, oh, we're not going to be doing yoga. It's going to be like more restorative, chill. Yeah. Like yoga nidra, (laughs) which is different than the typical vinyasa flow that we all, when when often when people think about yoga, they think about vinyasa, which is like poses, right? It's like tree pose, it's downward dog, it's upward dog, um, all of that sort of stuff. It might be like, you're doing like a chaturanga push-up, right? Yeah, um, which I was like super pumped. I was like, yeah, let's get it. And then I was like, oh, okay, we're just gonna like relax and be still, right? So tell me why <laughs> I was like, okay, let me try to be still, whatever that looks like. And tell me why I fell asleep. Like, and, and, and that's how you prompted it at the beginning. I don't know if you like do that all the time, but you were like, yeah. you know, if you fall asleep, that's fine. Cause that's what your body needs. And I was like, yeah, yeah. TT, if I fall asleep, <laughs> my ass was out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I was so embarrassed, TT, because I woke up and it was only me and you in the Google Meet. And I was like, she knows I'm out. She knows I'm asleep, but she didn't want to say anything because she's like honoring my peace and my rest. <laughs> that is hilarious. I actually didn't know you were asleep, but oh, it, like, you're not the only one. It's happened many times, like before in previous <laughs> sessions, we're like, I'll end and then I'll be like, thanks you guys for coming. And then like, I won't see people come back and I'm like, hello, <laughs> back. hello, are you awake? All right, I'm going to leave now, bye, see you next week. And then I'll, I'll log off and then they'll text me like three hours later, like, oh shit, I fell asleep. I'm like, okay, we're not here to judge. You do you. <laughs> you do what your body needs. Yeah, I would say though, so, like. Sankey messaged me after and she was like, did you even go? Like, <laughs> Yes, I just woke up like 30 minutes after the class ended. So <laughs> thank you. That was what I really did need at that spot at that time. So thank you for that. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like that has really that particular um, style of yoga has pushed me to like kind of float in between like sleeping and then being fully conscious. And I, 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 I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. But the last round that we did, I was like, this is some next level stuff. Like I, I have no idea. I can't even like describe the sensation that I felt, but I was like, I was like here, but not, it was almost like a lucid dream. Like I was fully aware of what was happening around me and what you were saying, but I was also like fully relaxed. Like I have never been in that sort of place before. And I absolutely loved it. It was phenomenal. I'm applauding right now. That's great. (laughs) It was so dope. So you've introduced both of us to a new form of yoga. What are your thoughts on these newer sort of yoga spaces that are coming up? I feel like it kind of all goes back to as long as it honors yoga's roots and where like, because it is an indigenous practice. And as long as you honor that and you carry that through to whatever it is that you morph it into, I'm not saying you like specifically you, but like the people that come up with these different styles, like as long as those roots, those indigenous roots are honored, like that's awesome. Like you do you, like if that's what works, like great. But there are like, there are other types of yoga, like, um, what is it called? Like 
uh, beer and wine yoga or like yoga with goats. And that's not yoga, whether or not you want to believe it, because it's a substance used to take you out of what you are truly like your true self, right? Like your present moment and people float to those things because they want to achieve like that kind of mindfulness or like that trippy zone where you can achieve it if you practice long and enough long enough without having to use that substance so I feel like once you begin to intoxicate yourself and then intoxicating yourself with a practice that is supposed to be liberating like I, I kind of understand because it's like, okay, I'm going to drink alcohol so I can be free and like not and like just let my guard down and just be chill and whatever. But if you go back to those indigenous roots, like I had talked about earlier, it's, it's to, it's to meditate, to connect to that higher being, to reach another level of self-consciousness. And you can't do that with a toxic substance like that. And then if you go into yogic philosophy, that is something that you should stay away from. Mm-hmm. And of course you can take that whatever you may, but it's just one of those things where it's like that line can be kind of fine, but at the same time, it's really not because you're taking what you want from an indigenous practice. And yeah. So like, it has to be, it has to be true to the roots. So once you start to dilute it and move further and further away then in your view it sounds like you're saying that's no longer yoga like when you've diluted it to the point that you're no longer following the philosophies or like the purpose behind practicing yoga then it's it's a it's just a workout right and then it's not yoga you're just doing a physical thing a workout well tt we're really glad that you came and i think that this was a really uh wide-reaching conversation that we had like i'm really excited that we can take something, you know, like yoga and then stretch it to really talk about a lot larger topics. And then also just like have fun talking about other stuff in between. But before we head out, we always ask our guests what they're unpacking, as you know, by now, um, because you listen. So we want to hear from you. What are you unpacking this week? Is there anything that you are unpacking? I was thinking about it like all yesterday and then all basically all of today. Like I was like, what is like, what is going on with me? And I don't know. I really, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's all good. No, I'm just here. But there was one thing. Well, actually there's two things. And I don't know, Senge, if you want me to share, but like, (laughs) because, because you were like, oh, let's talk about like how, um, like how we met, you know? And then like, I was thinking about our relationship in high school. Oh Lord. I talk about, I talk about this to Kyle, like every now and then, because it cracks me. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to like, you can I don't like, even know oh, what you're doing. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So like, there was, there have been like, of course, like in high school, there are dances, like homecoming, turnabout, whatever the deal is. Right. And so Senge, like we would be in a group and then we would go to the dance and like, it would be like me, Kyle, like you, and like, we'd be dancing, whatever. And then I remember this one time so well, that like we were standing in the middle of the dance floor and you looked at me and you're like, let's try and clap off beats. <laughs> and we, all three of us just stood in the middle of the dance floor, just like, <laughs> you're like, no, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, how do you clap off beats so hard? And so now every now and then, like, I'll listen to a song and I'll be like, Kyle, remember that time back in high school? I think it was like, 
let's try and clap off beat in the middle of a school dance (laughs) because I mean I've never been able to clap off beat so I I just wanted to see can we do it I've never known I mean I've known people who can clap off clap off beat and they're not people of color I'll say that so (laughs) I (laughs) was curious to know if a couple of people of color could clap off beat and it's hard to do I don't think we can do it give it a shot if you if you're ever able to right I was thinking of you the other day because I went onto Facebook for the first time in like eight months and there was a memory that popped up of you and me from homecoming week and Mm -hmm. it was senior year homecoming week because it was like the Jersey Shore theme so like we had like the poops and the glitter and the bronzer (laughs) the bronzer not okay I need these images oh no those are like deep they're deep they're in, in the vault we're just the best Alicia is going to Facebook now like I know I'm like oh yeah like, keep talking share your on. thoughts Cheers. god and then do you remember that time that Kyle and I decided to throw you like a little surprise like birthday and so we came to your house you called my mom to organize yeah. that <laughs> That was such a good, because that was my 18th birthday. And I remember Isaac and Caitlin yeah. took me to get, so my mom didn't know this piece of it. They, she oh. thought they were just distracting me, but they actually took me to get my belly button pierced <gasps> while you all were setting up at my house. Really? Was, yes. Yeah. Cause we had, <laughs> here comes the nerd in me. So Caitlin and I had academic, academic decathlon practice that day after school. I know. I know. Yes, I was an actor. Oh my, we have to unpack that. (laughs) I have so many questions, but continue. I'm I'm writing it down. (laughs) So yeah, we like left school. Um, I think we left practice early that day. And then I was like, I'm going to get my belly button pierced. So like me and Isaac go to get my belly button pierced. They're like in the room with me while it's happening. And then we had to go to the mall to like kill more time because I guess you weren't ready yet. I don't know. And at that point I was like, something's up. Like we don't just go to the mall. And also I was probably hungry. So I was like, I'm ready to go home and eat. Like I'm done and walk into my house. And there's like a Harry Potter cake and like y'all had set up in the basement. And I was just like, wow, my friends are so great. Like I just felt so loved in that moment. Cause no one had ever thrown me like a surprise party or anything like that. That was the sweetest thing ever. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Do you remember what we got you? Um, no, I, what was it? Was it, it wasn't the shake weight, was it? Oh, that was, oh my <laughs> God. Yeah, that was a part of it. That was a part of it, but it's better. What I'm about to share, Alicia, girl. No, it was the booty pops, wasn't it? Yes! <laughs> you know those underwear with like the cushions and the butt to make it look like you have a butt at Walgreens like us seen on TV I have never seen that heard of it oh my gosh google it right now we went through a phase where we just bought like all these weird ass seen on TV things like the shake way was one of them which was I don't I mean you had it in orchestra do you remember that yes and I remember she would sit in the back (laughs) y'all you were you were nasty from the get, dude. Certified, <laughs> certified, certified. <laughs> also certified. <laughs> oh my gosh, Titi, um, you have like a whole family to get to, so we're not going to take any more of your time tonight because you have like a child and a husband and all of that. 
but we do want for you to, you know, plug your stuff. How can people connect with you? What if somebody's like, I too would like to join the BIPOC healing space that's hosted? How do they do that? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at symbol T-I-T-I-J-O-E-R-R-E-S. That is pronounced T-T-Jerris. <laughs> and then if you want, you can also email me, same thing, T-I-T-I period J-O-E-R-R-E-S at Gmail. Again, pronounced T-T period Jerris at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook too, but I don't really use it. So don't, don't go there. I don't know. <laughs> don't find me there. <laughs> don't look for me. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's about it. And I love to meet new people and share what I love. And yeah, let's, let's spin this world. Yes, dude. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a third. You're officially in. You've made it yeah. into our relationship. You're Yay. one of us now. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I feel like I could have sat here for another like seven hours talking to you guys about stuff. Yes. and the scary part is like this is how Alicia and I stays just go like we will be here for another seven hours just talking <laughs> to each other so, so if, you need to, if you need to hop back in and you want a conversation feel free to let us know in another four hours we'll see you. <laughs> yeah that sounds good <laughs> it was so nice meeting you TT I'll uh I'll hit you up on Instagram and we can like be real life friends or work yeah. out. we'll figure it out oh another milestone <laughs> There it is. There it is. All right. So now that we've gone on that fun little trip down memory lane, let's dive into this week's unpacking. Start us off, Alicia. What are you unpacking? Uh, So I have two things. I have a physical and like a metaphysical, if you will. Yeah, because we're, you know, holistic over here. But uh, so uh, as I shared, I just moved and one of my friends sent me kind of like a welcome or yeah, like a welcome box to San Francisco. And he is a super talented, in my personal opinion, super talented bird photographer. And so photography. Yes. And so he's like a bird watcher. He ends up, you know, taking really, really beautiful photos of the birds that he um that he sees. And one day uh, I he sent me a picture of a photo that he took. And I was like, that's super gorgeous. And then he's like, Oh, I'm making them into stickers. Do you want one? I'm like, bet, sure. So then he sends me um, the sticker, which I have on my hydro flask, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Like this. I mean, truly stunning stunning absolutely like, stunning and so i'm the color just, is so vivid yes. and rich and this is exactly how the photo looks so he like didn't even you know take wow. any any creative liberties let's say yeah i think it's so cool when you can like produce things with your hands that not 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 just look good but like are also useful i think mm-hmm. sometimes when you know we have friends who make art or like make different creations it's like wow that's really beautiful but you don't really always have a use for it so how cool that he took this photography something that he was doing as a hobby and then made it into like a sticker so it's something that you can now look at more people can engage exactly. with and see and be excited about it's really just cool to like gas up your friends and like things that they're doing so and you are um, the queen of gassing the people tell me i will hype you the fuck up and whatever you're doing i mean i was telling you this before right i don't even care what you're doing i'm gonna hype you up either way i'm like go rob that bank like she really will (laughs) you're not careful before you know you'll be like what am i doing here it's like oh that's right because you encouraged me so i'm here now doing it 
Yo, the stories. That's another. Let's do another segment on just things that have hyped people up to do because there's a list <laughs> for sure. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of like the metacognitive, metaphysical thing that I am unpacking, um, I just got off the phone with um, one of my coworkers and he shared that he was in a vaccine trial for COVID-19. Yes, your eyebrows say it all. <laughs> and so he was like, okay, I don't know if I have the placebo or if I have the actual like vaccine. And so he went and got a antibody test. And sure enough, he has the actual like vaccine on it. And that made me think, I know, I know, it made me think about how he's like an actual lab rat. Like, and how people are actually doing that as a profession. And so it reminded me of this this um, episode of Vice News or something that I watched where it was like taking a deep dive into people actually being professional lab rats. And it was wild how much they are susceptible their body to just to like make a buck. I don't know. It's so it was it was very interesting. I'm without speech. And uh, for a few reasons, I think you raise a good point, right? Like people will put their bodies through many things to make a dollar, but also I'm thinking about it from the lens of like where we are in science, right? That we still have to put people through these trials for all of these vaccines in order to see how it's going to perform yes. on our bodies. And without the people actually doing the trials, we won't know if it works or not. And that's scary to me because we know like there's been this mm, uh, kind of muddled history if you will, like this muddied history mm. um, with people being used and experimented on for the sake of the greater good, right? Because we're thinking of, oh, well, if I run this test on you and I learn more about this disease, you might get sick, but everybody else will benefit from it. And that mm. is scary to me. And that's why I feel like feelings about this COVID vaccine, because we don't know how effective it's going to be. But then at the same time, we don't know, we won't be able to know unless we test it on people. But then it's like, who are the oh. people who are typically going to be tested on um, or who might yes. be looking for opportunities to make an extra dollar here and there? Tell me, tell me why I've just been – I feel like I've just been slapped in the face because then you're thinking about what modern medicine looks like right now and thinking about how many people died and thinking about how many people died across lines of like race and class. And that is – like I saw this image of um, how gynecology came to be, how we know it now, and it was – absolutely terrible the things that they did to black and brown women in order to get to that point mm -hmm. absolutely disgusting and and so that's why i like have a hard time sitting with it because on the one hand i'm like wow the advancements that we've made like the amount of things that we're able to detect early because of that is astonishing and also that's wrong like it's wrong mm -hmm. that it had to be done to black and brown women and it did not have to be done to black and brown women it's wrong that it was done to black and brown women um but the fact remains that now look at all the things that we have in science as a result of that. So like, how do you hold both things as true? Uh, but the thing that really gets me about that, though, is that oftentimes when people were getting medical trials done to them, it was without their consent versus my yeah. friend who willingly signed a piece of paper and was like, give me this check and professional lab rats, right? Where they're like, I'm willingly entering into this. But the history of medical trials happens often without consent. Yeah, and that's super messed up. Mm. Mm. Are you are you, let me let me just ask, are you unpacking something that's a little lighter than that or like in the same realm? <laughs> or we can just continue unpacking medical trials. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's definitely going to be light. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything super heavy this week. Uh, this week, <laughs> not this week. Come back next week. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we did rant about like police brutality. Yeah, okay. last week. You know, we yeah. take turns. We each have to carry the weight for one another week to yes. week, and that's okay because that's what a friendship looks like. People, okay. tell me more. Tell me more. What hey, you got for me? I'm just talking about like friendship, right? Like. The idea that when one gets tired, the other can step up and continue running the race. And I, th- I think that that's what we model in our friendship. That's what oh. I'm trying to say. I'm just oh trying to gosh. say that. And, that's, and that means a lot coming from you because you don't like to run. I hate so- running. <laughs> As a former, as a former track star, (laughs) why this morning was I walking around in running shoes and a t-shirt that said Wisconsin track club on it and like looking like I was going to run, had like my little shorts on and everything. Like I look like I could be going to work out at any given moment of most days and I'm never on my way to work out. Like (laughs) knowing damn well, you are not running anywhere. I'm like, oh, I just took a shower, got my hair in this puff, my sports bras on. I could run. I'm not going to, but I could should the need arise. So but we love we love free will like that because you had all of the tools necessary, but you still chose not to. <laughs> the sidewalk was wide open in front of me. Nobody was out. It was the perfect temperature. And I was like, let me just listen to this podcast, child, and keep it moving. Like I was really there. <laughs> You see, you were trying to run and trying to work out like the the mental. Right. That's it. Exactly. That's it. I'm I'm not for the physical. I like me and this body. This is a temporary vessel. Okay. So I'm just here to work. <laughs> not a temporary vessel. <laughs> oh, I focus on my spiritual and mental fitness and not my physical. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that this was where I was going. Like when I no, told but- you this is off the cuff, I mean truly off the cuff. Alicia didn't know. I did not know. You did not know. We are all experiencing this for the first time right now. Um, but that's beautiful because I love like genuine joy and that is what I experience when talking to you all the time it's just you just never know what you're gonna get that's the thing god and I love and you know anybody who knows me my I'm characterized by a loud laugh and if you if anything is remotely funny you will know in five seconds so (laughs) you you did it for me today you did it for me yes Uh, yes 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 but one thing I will say this might Let me see if I can make this lighter, okay? But uh, something that just came into my mind. Okay, talk about it. I'm just thinking about, so it was my dad's birthday on Friday. He is old. Uh, He's officially, okay, not old. He's older. He is senior citizen age. Okay. And um, also in my family, we recently lost one of the, like, elders. Like, Mm -hmm. she's been around for so many births (laughs) in our lifetime. Um, And there was, like, this joke that nobody really knew how old she was because like of how old she was <laughs> like, because she was always there. So she's just like, always been around like since yeah. all of us have existed. She's just always been there. And then um, all of a sudden she wasn't. And um, so that's like a thing to sit with. And it's, it's a little emotionally difficult to be with the fact that someone who has been present as present as a rock can just like be gone one day. Yeah. Um, 
and I've shared with you and I've shared with some others, I'm personally annoyed by the fact that she's um, no longer with us because it was due to negligence on the part of some other folks, um, just in Mm -hmm. terms of like, she died from COVID related complications. So if I've not said it enough, like wear your mask, please all the time and like take these extra precautions because some of you may not think that your actions impact others, but they do. They like, like directly impact others. Um, they impact our family members and it's really sad, um, when you think that someone's going to be around for a while and then one day they're just not. And so, and I mentioned my dad because, you know, all, all of this news kind of came within the week, right? Like, uh, our family member passes away and then like two or three days later, it's my dad's birthday. So at the same time that we're mourning the loss of someone else, we're celebrating the life of my dad. And in his Zoom party, I was reminded of his age. And I was like, dang, like all along, I thought you were just like young, but all of a sudden it hit me that he's like a whole senior citizen. Um, yeah. not, like, not like he's incapable of doing things. He's very much still in good health, um, you know, all things considered, but it is still something that just became so top of mind for me, like how much closer he is to the end of life than he is mm. the beginning of life. Um, and to really like hold and cherish the time that we have with our loved ones, like, especially now, um, really take advantage of it and and try to like get as much time as we can with them, whether that's like through phone call or video or being physically present with them if you can. Um, but really just trying to take advantage of that and, and not like not being, uh, jaded in our relationships. I think, especially in the, um, the parental child relationship, it can be really easy to be like, I am so annoyed with you. Like I want nothing to do with you right now. And then like, you don't know when that person's going to be gone and then they're gone or to end a conversation on a sour note. And that have been your last conversation. And not that that's been the case for me in this experience, but it is something that I've been more cognizant of as I become more aware of the fact that like none of us are getting any younger um, and thinking of like the the way that our roles in life shift, our roles in each other's lives shift as we age. Um, thinking about how eventually my parents will reach the age where they're no longer taking care of me or even like my sister's kids, but like we're yeah. the ones taking care of them. Um, so yeah, just thinking, thinking a lot about like the cycle of life, thinking a lot about like um, what does it look like to really hold hold your loved ones dear and to really take advantage of the time that we have with one another. So it's, you know, not as dark as not asking for consent um, in terms of like medicine and science, mm-hmm. but I, I think it is a pretty, still a pretty somber topic, but I want to, I want the focus not to be on that, like people will die, but more so on the, like cherish the relationships that we have and really like lean into them. Ask the questions that you've never been able to ask until now. Like there's so many things that I want to talk to my parents yeah. about that I've like, I just don't know this side of your life and I want to know it. I agree. I think that, you know, the the speed at which life can no longer be is very quick, right? Um, I also think that like if a relationship isn't serving you right now, then like that's also okay, like not to reach out because mm-hmm. if, if it's bringing you more pain to reach out to a family member or to a friend that it the last time you did talk was sour, then that's like also okay. You know, like mm-hmm. you're you, if you have the time and the energy to reach out, do so. But if not, if you feel like you're in a space where you can reach out to somebody and actually have a conversation and see if it's going to be making amends, 
also do that, you know? Um, I was thinking when you were talking about, um, dang, got me all emotional too because <laughs> I left I left Arizona and the last person I saw was my, my Nana. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell me why I was just like on her porch just like crying. And she was just sharing how excited she was for me to like move to San Francisco and excited for this like new opportunity that I had. And like, yeah, she was also sad, but like to your point, you know, she's still going to comfort me when I need it, you know? And I'm like, dang, I wouldn't, there's, I don't see a world where I transition into ever comforting her. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, what sucks too, Sandy, is I couldn't even hug her goodbye, you know? Man, that killed me. That really did. I was like, I can't even like embrace you and like, and leave. And it's like not even in good faith could you do that. Because exactly. I'm sure you could have taken the risk, but it's like I, I know me and I think I know you pretty well. Like if anything negative would have come from that, you would never forgive yourself. And oh, so hundred percent never. So that's been hard. And um she's so happy for me and I'm I'm happy that I got to see her about the same time. It just sucks. Me being definitely a person that loves like physical touch too. Not being able to hug my Nana, what? It's just so yeah. Just just hold whoever's close to you really close now because I would love to hug somebody. <laughs> <laughs> grab that person, maybe not that stranger, but grab whoever is in your household and your bubble and give them a hug or something if you're into that. I know not everyone who listens is a hugger. There's one friend in my mind right now who I know explicitly is not a hugger, and um, so maybe you should not hug anyone. But the rest of you who are huggers, you should. Give someone a hug. It's you good for I, your brain. It's I can't wait to emotions. can't wait to hug the fuck out of people after this. <laughs> Same. Actually, though, there is truth to it. Like I read somewhere that you're actually supposed to get like twelve hugs a day, <gasps> and immediately turned to Isaac and was like, "Hello, <laughs> I need more hugs." <laughs> oh my gosh! And then my therapist supported it. She backed me up because I was like, "Hey, I read this online. Is there any truth to this?" And she was like, "Yeah, you should get more hugs." She was like looking at you. She was like, you don't, you get how many hugs a day? (laughs) She was like, oh my God, let me do a case study on you because you clearly are not getting enough. Oh, functioning. No, but it's just like, you know, for emotional well-being, they say that 12 hugs a day is the optimum amount of hugs. And I agree. In fact, let's push that to like 15 and they don't have to be 10 minute hugs or five minute hugs. They could be like three second hugs, but it's just that touch and release is good for your brain and your emotions. Ooh, all right. So that's our call to action is for y'all to to hug a friend or hug somebody. And if you don't like it, it's all good too. <laughs> no, but actually my real call to action, because I know that some folks are a couple episodes behind. So hopefully by this point, you're like, oh yeah, I just listened to the Never Have I Ever episode. Um, I want you to tweet at us with some of your Never Have I Evers or your Actually I Haves. So you can use the hashtag, hashtag never have I ever, or hashtag actually I have, and then tell us what it is. And you can tweet us at pronounced pod on Twitter. And it's spelled P-R-O-N-O-U-N-C-E-D-P-O-D. That's it. I know no, I love, one. I love when you spell shit. Did I, I ever tell spelling. you that? <laughs> <laughs> I love spelling. So yeah, y'all find us on Twitter. Tell us about... Tell us your thoughts on a couple things. One, talk about Never Have I Ever, because it's a fun game. We can play it virtually. Two, tell us your thoughts on the Wellness Center, right? Because we just finished talking about wellness and yoga and what that looks like. So tell us your thoughts on that. Um, 
And three, just like say nice things to us because why not? That's we all. Love, we love nice things. Yeah. And if you <laughs> if you like us, if you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's what you're into. Share with somebody that you think would like us, like the podcast, and follow us on all of our socials. Mine is Alicia X Marie with two E's on Twitter. And then on Instagram, it's my first name, last name at Alicia Olivas. And Sangay's is Take it away. I'm at Sengay Nicole on Instagram. That's S as in Sam, A-N-G-A-Y-N-I-C-O-L-E on Instagram. And at another Sirleaf on Twitter. And that's the word another, also spelled A not her, Sir Leaf on Twitter. And you never thought about spelling another that way until I just did. You're welcome. Tell me why I'm shocked. First of all, because you listened to my direct feedback on spelling and I was like, ooh, give me more of that. And then you said, A not her. Okay, into it. Beautiful. Yo, that's how I learned how to spell together. I remember in uh, third grade, I was having trouble spelling it. So I was like, oh, together to get her. We went together to get her. Think about it. Picture the words in your brain. They make the word together. Think about it. Take a second. well friends with all that being said this has been yet another imperfect production of it's pronounced podcast with your favorite gals alicia and sangay we're so happy you listened y'all take care Bye. bye